Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Chip Nellinger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com and Tractor Zoom delivering insights. If you're looking to see what's going on in the auction market and track all the different things that are happening out there, make sure you check out Tractor Zoom's Iron Comps. That's where you're going to find the latest information about what's going on in the auction market from about 500 different auction houses. So, Chip is nice enough to come on to the Moving Iron Podcast once we can talk about what's going on. And actually, we're going to start doing it a couple times a week here just to kind of hit some different stuff and, and spend a little more time talking about what's going on there. So, Chip, man, how you been? Been doing well, trying to stay cool. It is uh, definitely the dog days of summer here in the Midwest. Pretty hot, pretty humid. Good for crop development, not so good for uh, fat old men like me. <laughs> I, know, I know what you mean. Uh, so... Chip, we got there's a lot of stuff going on right now. This this inflationary talk that we we hear, I don't know, a day goes by where we don't hear something about inflation. We we're starting to see um, <clears throat> some cattle prices that are really starting to, uh, on the, especially on the on the box beef side, that are really starting to take off. And I, you know, oil is now starting to play into a big factor. It's starting to to slide because of some COVID fears that are out there. So I guess as you take a look, what's going on right now in the overall protein complex? What are some of the thoughts that you're having right now about um, kind of what you're seeing and, and, and you know, what kind of what's this look like going into fall? Yeah, it's a real mixed bag out there. Um, you, you know, you kind of touched on this inflation aspect, and, and there definitely is some of that. Uh, there, there's without question, you know, any industry you talk to, uh, you know, there's some inflation happening. Um, and probably on the beef side is, um, you know, where the, the most optimistic uh piece of that equation is, you know, we kind of had that seasonal break right on time. And man, this box beef has just screamed higher the last three weeks. You know, it's up every day. And, you know, packer margins are still there. I don't know if you saw here recently, uh, Cargill announced, uh, you know, all-time record profitability. They don't disclose that necessarily because they're still a private company as far as where the profits come from. But a lot of that has to be on the, you know, on the packing side of the equation. Um, you know, just unbelievable margins on the beef side. And, um, you know, that's good from the standpoint of you need, you know, that margin there, but it's been slow to be passed along and trickle down to the feedlot. And 
finally, we're the last couple of weeks starting to see a little better cash trade. And, and so, I, you know, I think that uh, with this drought situation that's in the West, that's not getting any better. Uh, you've seen a lot of uh, cow slaughter, historically high cow slaughter the last several months. That's continuing. Um, eventually, we're going to see the effects of that. It, it still might be nine to 12 months out. It doesn't mean we're going to go straight up. But I, I think this uh, cattle complex is in a pretty good situation to, to, to really stay pretty firm here. Um, for a period of time. And again, that doesn't mean, you know, there won't be periods where, you know, you see eight, $10 breaks in, in cattle. I think you're going to see that uh, down the road here. But, you know, overall, I think you got some some better things happening on the cattle side. Um, you know, on the pork side, the, the, the hog side, interesting situation set up. You know, you've got uh, strong cash prices, uh, the lean index sitting there you know, north of where the August contract is. August is going off the board here in a couple of days. It's sitting right at the 109 mark. And then you look out there for October and it's uh, 25, $26 discounted to the, the August uh, lean hog futures. And that's an interesting dynamic too. It's almost the opposite of cattle. In the cattle, you look out at the deferreds and they're well above where the nearby contract is, building in some optimism that, uh, you know, the numbers are going to shrink and we've got better things out in front of us on the cattle side. The hog side is the exact opposite. And normally you see that, in, you know, we, we kind of peaked right about uh, where we normally do for a seasonal summer peak in hogs. And, and the deferreds are really building in some, um, you know, discounts out there. Now, whether that can continue or not, I'm not sure, uh, because you got some really, you know, different dynamics in here. Um you know, the cure for high prices is high prices. And, and, and But you mentioned at the very beginning this inflation thing, right, to expand in the hogs. We've seen that before where, you know, number one, uh, you increase, uh, you know, the, the sow numbers. You, you build the herd that way. Uh, producers build more barns. Well, I'm not sure, uh, you know, if anyone's looked out there and, you know, it's uh, probably about to doubled, if not tripled, uh, the cost to build these new barns than it was yeah. a year or two ago. So, yeah, you know, I don't know if the incentive's there. So we got a really interesting dynamic started here. I don't know how it'll work out, Casey. You mentioned inflation, too, and talk about the outside markets for a second. I feel like I'm rambling here. You ask one question, and I'm like 10 <laughs> minutes into this ramble. But um, So, the, you know, I don't know if you saw what happened the other night, two nights ago. I think it was the overnight Sunday. Gold kind of flash crashed, yeah, almost one hundred dollars an ounce. Yep, the dollar actually has been kind of flirting with a breakout to the upside, and and it's kind of following through a little bit, and that's not inflationary. And part of this is expectations of of interest rates. That's all currency fluctuations are is expectations for interest rates within each country. The Federal Reserve has kind of hinted that they might start tapering sooner rather than later. Um, certainly sooner than, for example, Europe and some of these other countries. And and if that's the case, that means interest rates probably tick a little bit higher. If we're ticking higher on interest rates relative to um, the other world, particularly Europe, then money's going to flow to the United States. That's supportive to the dollar. Overall, that's negative to commodities, but 
I don't know if that's going to be the, the normal case this year, you know, with, with some of the issues we have out here on the grain side, uh, you know, we're the only source for a period of time here in the next several months to get corn and beans to a lesser extent. Wheat um, might be less responsive to the dollar than what we normally would be on some of this stuff. So, you know, it, it just sets up a real interesting dynamic that I'm not sure we've ever seen this situation as you throw in a pandemic and we certainly have never in our lifetime uh anyway seen this type of situation and, and if there's anybody that can tell you how the last chapter is going to be played out here that you know they're uh, they're lying to you because there's a lot of moving parts and uh i don't know how that'll work out but boy there's uh there's some interesting dynamics and something tells me it's not going to work out the way everyone expects um Agreed. In the way the textbook would normally say. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think to your point about the the Fed talking about interest rates and those kind of things, they're hinting, kind of like my wife hints about the Christmas present she wants. You know, I want that one and in this color and this size. So that's that's your hint for my Christmas present. It feels like but that's she usually where, gets that one too. She does. She, she absolutely shocking I think the out of nowhere. You know, what they want too. <laughs> and I think the Fed's going to do a lot of that too, but. They have to be kind of careful about this because until, I mean, right now we're still we're still still doing a lot of, of of monetary easing when you know getting people to you know COVID relief and those kind of things and they're they're ta- they've extended out the 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 uh, oh what do they call that the uh, eviction stuff you yeah, know as far as rent moratorium yes rent moratorium those kind of things so I mean it's kind of hard to to start jacking up interest rates when you're still paying people not to not to go to work and those kind of things. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they walk that line and um, a hard break either way is going to hurt, you know, something somewhere. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, Sunday I went to the store for my wife and I got a pound and a half of hamburger and it was $9 and like 22 cents or something like that. And I was like, wow, <laughs> what happened to $5 hamburger day? But anyway, it was, that, and I thought then that was high. So I mean, you take a look at what's going on, and there's plenty of stuff out there that that point to the direction that that you know obviously inflationary things are happening, but you know oil is playing into this too. If you look at what's going on in the oil market, it's it's been it's been sliding just like gold has been. I think it was down again overnight, and you know going into this week and everything else, there's just been some some pressures there. But that that direct correlation with that, and then. You know the African swine fever scares that we're that we're starting to see in, in the Dominican Republic and kind of sweeping through the Caribbean. I guess as you look at those kind of things, what are the long term effects there? You think? I mean, is it when do we start seeing that real pressure on the hog market when it comes to the you know African swine fever and, and how oil is going to play into that? Yeah, I think that might be part of what's playing into the the deferred contracts. Uh, actually, you know that's <clears throat> getting close to home. Um, you know, let's let's hope we never get it. A lot of vets would tell you privately that it's uh, it, it, it's not uh, it's not if it's it's when. Um, you know, I could argue uh, pretty strongly that um, you know we're maybe one of the safest uh, you know systems, if you want to call it that, in, in the world. Certainly, as you compare that to China, um, so maybe we could handle that um, and control that. A little bit better if it ever did get here, but it, it would be catastrophic initially to prices. I think that there's a little bit of that concern and fear, maybe uh, as part of this, um, you know, deferred hogs. Uh, you know, 
to your point, this inflation thing, you know, it's it's kind of weird because um, you don't know how to how to what to compare it to, but it's like the Fed could, with the push of a button, you know, and a slight raise in interest rates, control this to some extent. But it's like you know, you ever seen the you go to the the fair, or the circus, and you got the the clown, you know, juggling plates on the sticks. Yeah. Um, there's too many plates in the air, you know, and and so on the one hand, they could just slightly increase interest rates, slow inflation down. That likely would cause a, a large correction in the stock market. You know, we're sitting here near all-time highs. Uh, basically been on, you know, the last almost whatever time frame you want to cut it, a year, two years, five years. Very historic. Uh, I don't know if we've ever rallied this much, um, you know, in the stock market as a percentage it's straight up. And a lot of that is just because of the, the, this easy money environment by, by the Fed. So, you know, again, I, I don't know how this thing shakes out. What it probably means to me when you, when you put all this in the sausage grinder is just continued massive volatility. And um, that's difficult to go through as a producer, right? Because sometimes it has nothing to do with, fundamentals of whatever you know commodity you're producing hogs cattle corn beans it could be crude oil part of crude oil slide is because of this push by the united nations to you know get everybody going electric and to kind of reduce fossil fuels well obviously if you if, if that plan is implemented that's less you know fossil fuel demand less oil demand so that's why oil's been sliding whether they get that accomplished or not, I don't know. Um, but, you know, that also affected corn negatively. Doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to use less ethanol, uh, but corn got kind of thrown into the, you know, uh, baby out with the bathwater type thing. So, again, it's very frustrating. And, and all these moving parts, to me, the, the bottom line, it says, you're going to have unpredictable and very erratic large swings, both higher and lower in all these commodities for the foreseeable future. I don't think it's it's a one-way street. Um, and, and, you know, you better have a plan. I preach that a lot. That's really how we, you know, at Blue Reef built our company, honestly, was, was let's help people with a plan. And it's more important now than it was when we started 11 years ago, to be honest with you, because the volatility is unpredictable. You know it's going to be there. Um, you, you can't predict it, but you can, if you have a plan and be proactive about it, you can position yourself to, to take advantage of it uh, both ways. And, but it takes a plan. And I, I'm just afraid, um, you know, the producers are still a, a little bit deer in the headlight here, um, expecting things to kind of get back to normal or expecting we're just going to continue grinding higher and, and I don't know if that's going to be the case. I, I think it could be grinding higher, but the, boy, you're going to have some some big historic swings. We've already seen them in beans. You know, hogs almost got the new all time highs, and then they sell off twenty bucks and very erratic. Um, you know, <laughs> head on a swivel or it'll take it off type of uh, mm -hmm. volatility we're seeing there. Yeah, and it's not just day to day; it's interday too. I mean, it, just the swings you see in some of these from open to close sometimes is, is uh, as dramatic as the day-to-day -day volatility that you see. So 
a lot of good, a lot of moving parts out there, Chip, and you hit on it. <clears throat> the playing part of it's the most important part, man. So if if, uh, if folks want to sit down with you guys over at Blue Reef and talk about what's going on there and kind of what you see happening, and then and start really kind of wading through that that planning process. What's the best way to get that started? And and you know, kind of what's the best way to get hold of you guys over there? My blue reef. Yeah, best best way to probably just give us a call at the office. Uh, and that number is 309-550-7213. We'd love to chat with you. We're not high pressure at all. Um, and, and if we're out of the office at appointments or that rolls over to all our cell phones. So uh, we always uh, we always answer and uh, we'd love to, love to talk to you, just chat with you about uh, what your current plan is and, you know, what uh, what your future plan is here to navigate all this volatility because it's going to be uh continue to be a wild ride in here yes it will be well chip thanks for being on the podcast man you bet always enjoy it casey yeah it's going to be a good one thursday will be a uh um as a report day so chip and i'll we'll sit down after the close here and we'll get the numbers and show what that looks like so it will be uh, uh i think these crop progress reports and, and all the fun stuff that come along with those are going to be uh heavily uh heavily scrutinized by the by the traders out there through the end of the year don't you think chip oh it's going to be uh heavily debated uh you know i've never quite seen a year like this on the grain side whereas some areas are going through historic drought other areas out here like where we're at illinois you got areas that are possibly best ever crops and everything in between so that makes it that much harder to figure out Mm -hmm. what's uh what the final yield is going to be and then and, and it's it's not just about us, you know. The the rest of the world is as important as I've ever seen it uh, in in the uh, equation here. So yeah, this Thursday the the August crop report is going to be uh, pretty heavily debated and watched and dissected once they come out with these numbers. Yep, absolutely. So we'll look forward to that on Thursday. I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also go to movingironllc.com. That's where you're going to find the entire library, plus any blogs I have written. Uh, the Moving Iron Summit uh, coming up in Nashville, Tennessee, September 15th through the 17th has officially sold out. So if you were planning on doing that, I still might have just a few more places uh, available, but for the most part, it's it's pretty well sold out. So um, if you want to do that, either you can go and uh, send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com, and we can uh, figure something out from there, or um, just uh, go in and sign up, and I'll, I'll see if I, I'll get back to you with what's available. So with that, I am Casey Seymour, Chip Nellinger. Let's go some iron folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales parts or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century Hardworking people working hard for you and me Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here